Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. I had some people text me this morning uh, on uh, when I was on my way to church. And uh, you know, it's, we're in the middle of summertime right now, so like we have none of our groups that are meeting. Uh, and even like we've got some of our core team that are like out on vacations. Everyone's, everyone's out doing adventures uh, in life, right? It's summertime, trying to make some memories. So I had some people text me, hey, not going to be there, uh, which is all right, because I think, man, I think it's important to make memories with your family. It's important to have adventures. And so if you haven't planned a summer like hangout yet with your family, or whatever, it doesn't have to be a big, you know, crazy, expensive thing to do. Uh, just go do something fun, man. Go spend some couple days at the beach, make some memories with your kids or those that you love. Or, you know what, if you're like, man, I live in, you know, none of my family lives in town, man, go uh, make some memories with some other people that are in your community. Go help out a neighbor or something like that. It's summertime. Get out and do some things. That, uh, that make a difference. Um, but I think adventure in life is important, right? I think as a, you know, especially as, as the type of man I am, Erica will tell me every now and then, she, get, she sees me getting in a little bit of a funk and she's like, hey, you got to stop and you got to go do something, right? You got to go, you got to go fishing or you got to go outside or you got to, you know, just get caught up in the work and whatever of life. Uh, having adventure, I think, is important, and I think when it comes to us living this life, that, that this gift that God has given us, I believe that it, it very much is an adventure. I think it's one of these things where the time that we have is, is very limited, uh, but it's an important time. I think we have an opportunity to experience adventure specifically uh, with one another and with him. I think that's what the whole point of it is. Um, and this week when I was thinking about uh, what message to preach, this idea, this thought of adventure came up and it was solidified as we started here on the news this past week about Monday and Tuesday about uh, five guys that I'd never heard of, never heard their name a day in my life before. But we started hearing about Tuesday uh, about this guy, Hamish Harding, Shazada DeWood, his son Solomon DeWood, Paul Negrebalet, and lastly this guy, Stockton Rush. You guys might have heard their names this past week because these were the gentlemen uh, that were on, uh, I believe it was the Ocean Gate Titan submarine that was lost this past week. And as we started to see news flood in, it was one of the stories that was covered bigger than I've seen many other stories in this, uh, uh, in this, this past couple news cycles were ever covered. As we started to hear the details about it, I found myself two things. One, just completely enthralled in the science behind what happened and figuring out what actually happened to, to these guys that were spe- specifically stepping out and hoping to have an, an experience of adventure. But then also my heart was broken because I, I realized in, in these five guys we've got four families that today are experiencing um, incredible loss and tension and, and pain in, in their own lives. Pain and pressure that, that we would hope to not have to ever feel. 
And so as I, as Eric and I even prayed for these families, as, as you start seeing, you know, memes and whatever all over the internet of people that, uh, you know, posting like, I can't believe these guys were in something, a coffee can the size of a minivan, you know, which I'm, I'm kind of with a little bit. Like, I don't know 10 guys that are big enough to put me in something like that and send me to the bottom of the, o- the ocean. That would be, that'd be a tough sell. Um, you know, even when I think about these guys, the, the willpower and brain power that had to take to, like, you know, fight through claustrophobia to be in this thing and go down is, is pretty adventurous in itself. So the next few days, I started to read stories and, and just kind of dive into the, the science a little bit about, about what happened. And as I did, I found some things that, that when it comes to uh, the depth of this uh, submarine that they were in, they said that they had problems somewhere or where they found it was somewhere around 12,500 feet. Well, actually, they said it was at 3,800 meters, but I didn't know what the, I didn't know what the translation to meters and feet was, so I had to look it up. But 12,000 feet, that's a lot of feet. You know, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to deep water. I go in the pool, and if I get, even get to the bottom of it, my ears start to hurt. Anybody, you guys, you felt pressure like that before? So I started to look a little bit into, like, the idea of, like, how much pressure it would be to be down there where these guys were. And then atmospheric pressure goes for right now we're feeling the normal atmospheric pressure at sea level because we live in Florida. These guys would have been in a place where it would have been 400 times the pressure of what of what we feel right now. And when it comes to that, that, that difference in atmospheric pressure, it changes at the 30-foot mark. And so for myself, I've never done any free diving or anything like that. I know some people that have. There's so much equalization and stuff that you got to do even inside your head to not feel that pressure of, of things just closing in on you. Specifically this, it would have been such a great time such a great pressure that they said when whatever it went that went wrong went wrong, they said it would have happened in 40 milliseconds, less than a second. I would expect to think that when it comes to the families and experiencing the pain and what they're feeling right now of loss, there had to be a little bit of something of peace of understanding that this was not a thing of, a time of suffering. It was also one of those things that was very uh, sobering to me to, to understand the power that is in this great creation that we live next to. I love the fact that we get to live next to the ocean. Today, it was incredibly calm. You saw bait fish, you saw pelicans, and, and to see something that goes from that calm to having that much power is incredibly humbling. And as I was looking through this this past week, I started to have this, this thought, this process in my mind of like, we're all on the, this adventure. Separate, we have separate different adventures that we're going through, some of us as moms, as dads, as sons and as daughters. Uh, we have adventures in our, in our businesses that we're running. We have adventures in, in uh, the, the, the health journeys that we're on. But the one thing that we all share and all have the that are all going to experience in these adventures is the idea, the feeling 
the experience of this incredible pressure that can be put on us. Some of us, we feel this pressure when it comes to our finances. We know we got bills coming up, and we look at what's in the Bank of America account, and this is a lot smaller of a number than the number that's got to go out, right? Anybody ever feel financial pressure before? I most definitely, I put two hands up for that. Uh, anybody feel pressure when it comes to doing tests or anything like that? Uh, schoolwork, man, I'll tell you what, dude, I, I've, in the past year, I've done like two or three like state tests, and like at, at almost 40 years old, I realize I'm not built for testing. Nobody needs to be testing this. Some incredibly intense pressure. Some of us, we feel pressure when it comes to uh, our relationships with our spouses. We get to a point where, like, it was, it was really great in the first couple of years. Now we're on year 10 or 12 or whatever. We're, we've been married 12 years, right? I feel no pressure when it comes to our relationships. So we're clear, zero pressure. Erica's probably like, you should feel a little pressure. But some of us feel pressure when it comes to our relationships. We feel pressure when it comes to the people we answer to at our jobs, when it comes to projects that we've got coming up, when it comes to our in-laws that are coming over. And no matter what it is that you feel pressured, I, I, I know this. I know that it feels so much like everything is just coming in at one time to a point in which you think, I just can't stand it. Today I want to look at a couple of scriptures in the Word of God that I believe will help us when it comes to living life under pressure. So if there was a title that I had for today's message, it would be that. It would be Our Life Under Pressure. Let me pray for us, and we're going to jump into the Word. Jesus, I pray that as we look at these scriptures, as we look at your apostles that wrote this down and it put into this fantastic tool that you've given us, this, this Bible, I pray that as we read these things, your Holy Spirit would teach us and would show us and would adjust us to be able to handle the pressure that comes before us. For the things that we're going through, God, I pray that you would, you would give us uh, hope and that we would have faith in you, God, and that we would not give in and give up, but we continue to live in you. I pray that you protect us in this time. I pray you help us persevere in this time, and I thank you so much that the best is still yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody said. Amen. Hey, I'm going to start off in the book of 2 Corinthians here this morning. I'm going to read some scripture. I'm going to read a, a passage that was written actually as a letter uh, from the Apostle Paul to a church in the city of Corinth. Now, here's the thing you need to understand about, about Paul. Paul actually started his time off when we hear about him. He was a Pharisee. He was a protector of the Old Testament law. He would have not been on the same side as the followers of Jesus or the disciples. He would actually would have been a guy that persecuted them. And at some point in his life, Jesus comes down and has this time with him and adjusts him so much that he does a complete 180 and goes from persecuting Christians, like literally being the enemy of Christians, to being someone who would go on to plant churches in many different areas, encouraging churches, teaching churches, and to this day continues to teach us as we read these letters from Paul. And so Paul writes this to the church in Corinthians. He says uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, we are pressed on every side by troubles. Now I want to stop there real quick because literally he's clearly talking about feeling pressure, right? Whether it's emotional or whatever, whether it's by the government. He's specifically talking to this church. He said, you're going to feel pressure. 
You know, funny thing is I remember uh, when I was a kid, mom took us to church. I thought if you were a Christian, it just meant like life was a whole lot easier, right? Like everything just worked out if you're a Christian. Life is better, life is better if you're a Christian. That's how, that's how it is. It's kind of like a cheat code. Can I tell you that as a Christian, I don't know if I've experienced that. Being a Christian doesn't mean that you get a jail, uh, get, well, what's that called? Get out of jail free card? That's it. That's what I was going for. It doesn't mean that. From, from back then, after Jesus' time to, to today, just because a Christian, you're a Christian doesn't mean that you get out of tough things. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, like, this is going to happen. You're going to experience this. You're going to experience this intense pressure in your life. Prepare yourself for it. But he says this after he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. He goes on, he says, we are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that our life, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. I need you to understand this, Coastline. When it comes to being a follower of Christ, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through tough situations. You are. But who you go through these tough situations with will make all the difference. I want to be real clear. I'm, I'm not a scientist at all. And after a week's worth of research, I know this much about submarining. I know enough that I'm not going to be on a submarine anytime soon. I don't have the body for a submariner. I'm a big on-the-boat type of guy. But there's so many people that are saying all these things about this is what went wrong, this is how it happened, and, and, and nobody knows. They're, they're doing investigations. It'll be two years before they find out anything. But one of the theories that came out was that the materials used in building this thing were so new, were so cutting edge, that they, got, they were trying to tr do something different that they thought would be, would be better. They wanted to do something new. And there's a chance, they say, that because of those materials, those new materials are used, that new type of construction, that that is the thing that caused the implosion to happen. No, nobody knows, so don't take my word for it. This is just a theory. But when I heard that this week, I thought to myself, like, how many times does that same thing happen to us where we think if we can just do this, if we can go through what we're going through in a new way, in a different way, maybe it'll be better. Maybe, maybe if we, you know, they said something like there hadn't been a submarine accident in something like 60 years that they've all been made the similar type of construction, done the sim a similar type of way. Sometimes in our life, though, we think if we can just do it a new way, new means better. So when it comes to our spouse, we think of these great new ideas, like what if we do this? What about, what about if we just spend time separate? It's a new idea. Doesn't always work out, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't say that from experience, it's just from observation. Some of us, we get to the point where, like, man, you know, when it comes to my finances, I'm just feeling so much pressure. Whatever, I just got to do things. I got to do things a different way. I'm going to go out and buy a new house. Maybe now is not the time to go out and buy a new house. 
maybe new is not always not always better. What is important though is when it comes to that pressure, who you are going through it with, or specifically, I believe in this case, in. I think ultimately when it comes to this pressure, this feeling of the walls closing in on all sides, not being able to get through it at home, your own, I think you can get through it in Christ Jesus if you'll choose him first. Paul continues to write to these other churches. One of them is the church of Philippi, and he writes this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know, a lot of times I get up here and I preach a sermon. I say, okay, here's, let me give you the three steps to get through what this is, or three steps of this is how you adjust this in your life. Paul, he doesn't need three steps. He just says one step. This is it. Let me tell you the, let me tell you the, the trick. You know, if you were looking for the cheat code or whatever it is of getting through worry and pressure and stress that you're dealing with, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. He says, make an adjustment. He says the antidote is this is to, to pray. He says, tell God what you need and then thank him for what he's done. Then, so if you do this, then you will experience God's peace, which exists or which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When it, when it comes to the antidote of pressure in your life, the antidote of pressure is peace. And Paul says, if you want to move from pressure to peace, the thing that makes it happen is to pray. So what about if in these moments of pressure, we didn't think, man, how can I do this in a new way? Or how can I work harder to make this happen? Or how can I get this person to adjust their thinking about me or whatever? What about if we... He said, first and foremost, we're going to stop. We're going to say, God, you, we're going to humble ourselves. I'm going to humble myself. You come into the situation. You tell me what to do. Today's Sunday. I love Sunday. Sunday means you should go home and take a nap at some point. That's, that's what's gonna, that should happen, okay? If your spouse tells you you got to go work in the yard or we got to clean house, say, you can call the pastor. He said, I'm taking a nap today. I'll talk to him. But the thing that, that is tough about Sunday is although we might take a nap, maybe watch NASCAR, at the end of the day, at some point, your brain is going to shift to think, oh, but tomorrow's Monday. Tomorrow i got to wake up and i got to take the kids to summer camp, the 14th you know, vacation Bible school they've been to this summer so far. I know how you moms work. you got to keep those kids busy. I get it. You're going to think about, man, I got a meeting on Monday. I got to get some stuff done. I got some projects due. And your brain's going to start worrying about it. You're going to start, you're going to start feeling the pressure. But I want to challenge you in this moment. Today, as, as we started off the day with worship, as we look into Scripture, I want to challenge you to finish the day with this. Before you start to worry about it, before you start to feel the pressure about it, stop and pray. And then let God take you through it tomorrow.
My hope, my prayer is that you experience peace come Monday, not pressure. James, the brother of Jesus, uh, this is someone in the Bible that would have probably spent the most time with Jesus. He was literally his, his, his stepbrother, right? At some point, James devotes himself, his life, to his brother. And based off of his time seeing Jesus, based off of the time that he experienced with Jesus teaching him and teaching the disciples, he writes this, this message to communicate the things that he's learned. And in the very first chapter, of all the things that he could write, of all the things that he could say to, to the people that were around him that, that didn't experience what Jesus had taught him, if he's summarizing, the, one of the very first things in, in James chapter 1, verse 2, so this is right after him saying, hey, I'm James, the brother of Jesus. He says this. He says, dear brothers and sisters, that's me and you, he says, when troubles of any kind come your way, not if, he says when. He says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Can I be, can I be real transparent and honest with you, Coastline Church? I don't know if this is ever a scripture I've lived up to. Because when it's come to, to, to tough problems in my own life, it's really hard for me to experience joy in them. When me and Chris Williams show up to church this morning and there's 68 pounds of goose crap on the sidewalks, I'm going to tell you right now, neither of us are feeling joy at that point. When I get up on stage to preach and I smell like two-stroke gasoline, it's hard to feel joy about that. But James, the thing he leads with is this. He says, when you feel the pressure... When you feel the pressure, because you're going to feel the pressure, when you feel the pressure, understand there's an opportunity. That, that you have a chance to experience something better than what you can perceive right then and there. I've had the pleasure of being a pastor for over 10 years now, and, and one of the great things I see is I see young people grow not even just physically, but also in their faith. And after the many conversations I've had with young people along the way of, of struggles and pressure that they're going through, I realized that some of those times in which I was trying to help them through it, that those, those, those times of pressure they were feeling weren't actually bad. They were times in which they were opportunities for them to grow. A couple years ago, I, um, I took a job as a property manager at a condo here in town. And uh, I, I would not say uh, I'm not a great property manager. I'm an okay property manager. Uh, I, I'm going to continue to do my best. Uh, but, man, the however many people that you got to try to make happy at one time, I'm not good at making everybody happy, I realize. That's not my spiritual gift. But going into this job... And the frustration that can come with it, I realize that there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity because that someday there's going to be this point in which Coastline doesn't meet in New Smyrna Beach High School. I love that we meet in New Smyrna Beach High School now. New Smyrna Beach High School is our home. It'll be our home until God picks out what the next home is. But whatever the next home is that we got to go into, there's going to be systems and things that we got to take care of. There's going to be a building that we got to take care of. There's going to be property that we got to take care of. And one of the things that they don't teach pastors in seminary 
is how to fix plumbing stuff, right? What to do when the ceiling's leaking. They don't have any of these classes. We talked about hermeneutics and eschatology and all this other stuff, but plumbing wasn't in it. But your boy's been struggling for the past three years in a property manager job where I tell you right now I can fix an AC, I can fix a plumbing thing, I can deal with leaks, I can deal with anything. You, I, I know how to call people for sure. My frustration, my pressure is an opportunity. And so I'm at a place now where I know like what the, whatever the next step is, I got joy because I know I've been living in the opportunity. For some of us, we need to make an adjustment to understand the opportunity that we're living in. In my study, short time studying subs, I, I realized that, and not like sandwich subs, those are delicious though. Um, Manzano's Beachside Deli, it's fantastic. That was ADHD kicking in right there. I don't know if you saw that, but if you need experience, that's what ADHD looks like on stage. My short time studying submarines, the way they go up and down, and the way they move is, is by adjustments that are made. If they need to go up, then there's things that are tight. There's ballast that's being let go of. There's ballast that's brought on when they need to go down. I think for some of us, when it comes to the pressure that we're feeling, maybe, maybe the pressure doesn't need to go away. Maybe we just need to adjust our mentality and understand that in this pressure comes an opportunity. And verse 3 says this, it says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. If you allow the adjustment to happen, that means your faith will grow with it. In verse 4 it says, so, so let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you'll let your faith and your endurance grow. If, you, if, you'll, if you'll just understand when the pressure is an opportunity. This past week, Eric and I went to uh, a jeweler that we know, um, and uh, she had something wrong with her ring, and uh, it was a good guy in the church. He, he takes it, and he's like, he you know, fixes it, he says, like, hey, this is what you can do, and then he cleans it. And um, I, guys, we don't wear a lot of jewelry, but you girls, you know there's something, if you've got that piece of jewelry that you've had for like a decade, and then someone cleans it, it, it gets a little lot shinier, right? It gets a little real, real pretty. Everybody's going to be sending their husbands out to get their jewelry cleaned after this. Prepare yourself, guys. But she gets in the car. She's like, oh, baby. She's like, you did good. I was like, yeah, I did good. It was 10 years, 12 years in the making. I worked it out. I got, to figure, I got cheat codes now. But as she's looking at it, she's like, it's just so pretty. And she's in all of it again. It's shining in the sunlight. But as I look down at it as this, this little this little diamond, it looked a lot bigger when I bought it. I'm going to tell you right now. I was like, for what I like paid, I was like, this is going to be huge. And then I look at it now, I'm like, that was a different time. But if you know anything about diamonds, you don't understand that they're made. They're clear and everything's all made based off of the time that they spent under pressure. As the carbon molecules were bonded to one another. As they spent time under pressure, they became this beautiful thing now that we hold of high value. And for some of us, I, I want to challenge you with this. Is like, If you're feeling pressure right now, one, 
Make sure you're going through it in Christ. Pray about what you're going through. But also think, is this just an opportunity for what he's got planned ahead of me? Because there might be a time where he's just trying to get you to be the diamond that he needs you to be. James chapter 5 says this. It says, if you need wisdom, ask for a generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. In verse 6 it says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in him alone. Do not waver, for a person with a divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea and is blown and tossed by the wind. Go through what you're going through in him. Not in what's new, not in what the world says, this is how you should go through it. Go through it in him. Last thing I want to leave you with this is this. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says this. It says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and all your cares to God for he cares for you. A couple things I want to remember I want you to remember today. You're not alone in what you're going through. For a couple things. One is God wants to see you get through what you're going through. Also, you've got family here at this church that want to help you get through what you're going through. If you're not if you're not praying about the pressure in your life, start praying. If you need help praying about the pressure in your life, Reach out. I think we got a don't we have a prayer tab on the coast on the church center app? Whoever's back here, I'm gonna pray for you because it sounds like you just busted your face. You all right? Okay, all right. That sounded bad. Pray about the pressure you're going through. It's important. The last thing, man, humility will go a long way. And if you understand that you're not the captain, if you'll let him be the captain, then maybe he'll just adjust the things in your life to the point where you understand that what you're going through is an opportunity for you to grow in value to be the man or the woman of God that he's trying to get you to be. Pressure isn't always bad. With every head about every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today, you've been feeling pressure in your life about something, Maybe it's health-related. Maybe it's financial-related. Maybe it's about your job. Maybe it's about uh, your relationships that you're in. If today you need help in getting through this time of feeling that the walls are closing in on top of you. If today you need help having God adjust you to a point where you can see the opportunity through the pressure. Or if today you just need to take a step back and humble yourself and allow him to be the captain in your life. If that's you here today and you need that adjustment, you need to make that change, I just want you to slip a hand up and put it right back down. All you're saying is to God, saying, God, in this situation, I'm going to put you first. In this situation, I'm going to take a step back. In this situation, I'm going to pray before I move. 
Heavenly Father, you know the hearts in this room. You know what the struggles are. I pray that in this moment that your Holy Spirit would step in and start to turn the knobs of our hearts, adjust us, shift our perspective. I pray that this evening before we start to worry and stress about Monday, that you would remind us to pursue you and what you would have for us. And God, I pray that as we as we do this, as we surrender control, as we humble ourselves, as we allow for the opportunities in our lives for us to grow, God, I pray that when Monday comes and Tuesday comes, that we would see you move mightily. And I thank you that the best is still yet to come. God, I thank you for the opportunity you've given us to be able to meet here at New Smyrna Beach High School. God, I'm thanking you in advance for the home one day that we're moving into. I thank you for how you've prepared us along the way, for how you've instilled in us how to, to work hard for setup and for teardown and how to be flexible when things don't go the way that we think they're going to. I thank you for the pressure you've put us under to make us the church, the men and the women that we need to be. We continue to thank you and we trust you. We humble ourselves. We put you first. Adjust us the way you would want to. We believe the best is still yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.